Today's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to feed his pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pig were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and I am here starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The father said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. He called to one of his servants and asked, asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat, so I would celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I do is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning once again. So how many of you have heard the parable before today of the prodigal son or the lost son? Say, I have. It's perhaps Jesus' most familiar parable. And Jesus, in the Gospel of Luke, in the 15th chapter, has already told two parables prior to this one about some lost things. One is a shepherd who loses one sheep. He's got 100, but he searches frantically for the other one and leaves the 99 where they are to find that one that's lost. And he finds it, he puts it on his shoulders, and he says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And Jesus puts a tag on the end of that parable and says, There is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who don't have to. In case you missed that, Jesus said, I'm going to tell you another parable about a woman. In Jesus' day, the most precious wedding gift was a headdress, and it had ten coins, precious coins. 
He says a woman lost one of those coins. She sweeps the entire home to find it. She finds it and she says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. And Jesus puts that other tag on again. He says, there is more rejoicing in the presence of angels in heaven when one sinner repents. Into that context, he says, okay, if you missed the one about the shepherd, if you missed the one about the coin, I got another one for you. The lost son. The prodigal. Prodigal translates literally extravagant or wasteful. Let's look into this a little bit. The youngest son says, Dad, give me my stuff. Give me my stuff got an older brother and he says I want my stuff now here's where it gets really harsh are you ready by telling your dad before he's passed away I want my inheritance in the Jewish culture of Jesus you're basically saying to your dad you're dead to me you're dead to me so give me my stuff you know we're not sometimes unlike the youngest son we've got our stuff do you have your stuff would you like to see what some of my stuff is this is interactive today, okay? I said, did you like to see, would you like to see some of my stuff? I'm glad you do, because otherwise, I got nothing. Okay. We have our toys. This bad boy here is a Tonka. And it's made out of... The axles on the wheels, made out of metal. Who had a Tonka truck growing up? What are your toys now? Our cars, our boats, our stuff. And we hold it tight. And the son said, give me my stuff. What else do we have other than our toys? Well, we got our trophies and our awards. Well, look at this bad boy. One moment, please. <sighs> Luther High School North Holiday Tourney Most Valuable Player, 1984. See what I'm talking about here? 16 teams, MVP, baby. I have no idea how I got this thing. And uh, I told the reporter after they handed this trophy to me, I said, you know, I'd really like to cut up my MVP trophy and give a little piece to every one of my teammates. I didn't mean that at all. This is my trophy. But before you're horrified, this does not sit out in our home. This is in a closet in our home. I had to go find this. So it's not out. But now that I think about it, I think maybe, Kathy, we could put this over the fireplace when we get back today. MVP. But let me tell you something. 1984 was a long time ago. And this is the last one of these I ever got. And my basketball career went downhill after this. I went to college and discovered everyone's at least my height or taller. They're a little quicker. 
and they're a little bit better. And then, if you've played with me in the men's basketball league, you know this was the peak of my career. What are your trophies? What are your awards? What are you proud of? It's your stuff. This can be hard for some of you in the back to see, but I got a dollar bill in my hand. This is our stuff. Some of us have more of these than others. Some of us wish we had more. Some of us lie awake at night because we have too many. And the rest of us are in between. Some of us ask the question, how many of these is enough? If we're on the short side of, 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 of the number we would like in our lives, we go, how, much, how many of these do I need before I'm going to be content? How many more of these am I going to need before I feel secure? How many more of these am I going to need in my life before my stuff is good enough? And those on the other side, before you think, that's such a great deal to get there, in my decades of being a pastor, do you know how many millionaires I have counseled over the years who are in complete despair and at the end of their rope. It's just stuff, but it's part of our stuff. We've got our toys, we've got our awards, we've got our resources, it's our stuff. And the young son says, hey dad, give me my stuff. I think at times we do the same thing with God, our Heavenly Father. As his children, his creation, we go, hey, give me my stuff. Hey, give me what's coming to me. Hey, Lord, let me win the Mega Millions. I'll pay you back, I promise. Give me my stuff. How come my neighbor's got more stuff than I do? How come my brother has more stuff than I do, God? Give me my stuff. What's coming to me? And here's the interesting rub on this whole thread. It's not our stuff. Everything we have in, in God's creation, the Bible says we get to be stewards of it. We get to be the managers of it. But that's it. It's just stuff. And if you want to be disconnected from God, then be like the prodigal and turn to your heavenly father and say, give me my stuff and make it and hold it tight and make that what your life is about, your stuff. If you want to be disconnected from your creator, focus on your stuff. Make it your priority. And distance yourself from God, your heavenly father. That's what the prodigal did. We have to be careful. For those of you under 25, maybe 30, I am now holding in my hand what's known as a paper map. This paper map shows me not a two by four section of the state of Illinois, but the whole thing at once. This paper map does not run on battery. This paper map will not talk to me in an English accent, nor will it tell me to make a U-turn when I can, repeatedly. And we get this map and we can look and we can see Naperville right here. We're sitting right here, right now. And on this map, when we had maps, when we used GPS, we say, where am I going? We use maps like these when we went on trips. We wanted to know where we were and where we were heading. 
And the youngest son says, Dad, give me my stuff. I'm out of here. I want my stuff, and I want to go as far away from you as I can. The gospel in Luke says, in Jesus' parable, he went to a far-off distant land, to a distant galaxy far, far away. Give me my stuff. And as God's children, we turn to God sometimes, and we say, hey, uh, Heavenly Father, I'm going to distance myself from you now. I got my stuff. I'll take it from here. I got it. I got a plan. I'm going my own way. Thanks, but no thanks. I don't need you. I'm good. I'm out of here. Got my stuff. See you later. But what happened to the prodigal? How'd it turn out? Not so well. Got one end of a rope here. Got another here. This end, a little frayed. Have you ever used the phrase or ever thought to yourself, I'm at the end of my rope. Anyone? Say amen. I love where phrases come from. You ever take time to research where phrases come from? Or you, I mean, sometimes it's fun to just say them, but I like to know the history. An animal was tethered with a rope. And the animal was tethered with a rope, and it could only go so far. And when it got to the, here it comes, end of the rope, it couldn't go any further. It couldn't have any more reason to say the animal was eating the grass. There was no more grass. It couldn't go. It was at the end of the rope. So the animal's tethered. It can only go so far. And the phrase, I'm at the end of my rope, we get frustrated. No more resources, no more options. I'm at the end of my, what happened to the prodigal? He ran out of stuff. He woke up in a land far, far away. And he was broke. And he said, I'm going to go home to dad's house and ask him if I can be a servant. I'm going to go home. I'm at the end of my rope. I can't take it anymore. And there's someone here today probably who just said this, or you're thinking it today. I'm at the end of my rope. It could be socially, or it could be financially. It could be spiritually. You're like, I'm at the end of my rope. Is there hope for me when I'm in that place? So he says, I'm going to go home. I got a speech prepared. I'm going to tell my father. I'm going to say, hey, dad, I've sinned against you and against God. Uh, I want to be one of your servants. Make me one of your servants. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your servants, your hired hands. I'll do whatever you want me to do, father. Just, just take me back. Is there anyone here who ever wonders if God will take you back? So he heads home. The Heavenly Father, represented by the Father in this parable, sees the Son coming to the house. He's got his speech prepared for his dad. The Father sees him. He doesn't wait for him to come and grovel at his feet. He does what? He runs out to greet him. And he flings his arms around. Jesus was very clear. He wanted to give you that image. He just whips his arms around his son physically to say, I love you. Welcome home. I forgive you. And the son goes into his prepared speech, takes the paper out. He's got his word document. Uh, father, I have sinned against you. And the father's like, I'll have none of that. Bring me the best robe. Put my ring on his finger. Kill the fatted what? Kill the fatted calf. 
The only one not excited to see the young son come home was the fatted calf. But that's not true, is it? There was an older brother. He was at the end of his rope, too, because his son had come home, and his father was about to throw him a party, and he told his dad, I can't believe you welcomed this son of yours. wouldn't even call him his brother anymore. And the father goes, you don't get it. He was lost, now he's found. He was dead, now he's alive. We have to celebrate. And he threw a party. We might have a member here at Hallelujah. Or maybe someone who accepted an invitation today or heard about this some way and, 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 and came, and we're so glad you're here. But we might have a member or a visitor here today who goes, I need to come back to God. But I've been a little too focused at baby sometimes on my stuff. Or I've gotten a map out and said, I, I'm going to go my own way, God. Or you're at the end of your rope. And please hear what Jesus has to tell you today. Your Heavenly Father is not only going to wait for you to come to Him today, He's going to race to you and fling His arms around you. By His Holy Spirit, by His Holy Spirit, the moving, breathing, supernatural part of God that moves and breathes among us here as we gather this morning flings those heavenly arms of love and acceptance around you and welcomes you home and welcomes you home. Embracing hope for someone who feels disconnected. And like I said, th there might be a member here today, there, there might be someone visiting here today and you say, that's me. I don't feel connected my creator hear the message of this parable from God's son Jesus come home today begin your life brand new feel those incredible whoa just got embraced by a big bug feel those big arms wrapping around you Last story, my dad got his dream car when I was in high school. If you have your dream car, you might be driving it right now, but my dad never bought a dream car. We were a lower middle class family growing up at best, and he finally, he finally saved his pennies, and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He bought a Mercury Grand Marquis 1983. This was the biggest rectangle I've ever seen on wheels. It was white. Blue interior, blue cloth. I never got to drive it, but one night I did, and I cracked it up good. And I prepared a speech for my father. I have sinned against you and against God. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Help me be a servant in your home. No, but that's kind of what I was preparing. 
And I came in the house. I said, Dad, I had an accident with your car. And I was shaking. And the first thing he said to me was, I'm going to kill you. No, he didn't. He said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And he got up from his chair. Did your dad have a chair? My dad had the biggest lazy boy chair on earth, and he never got up out of it for any reason whatsoever. And he got up out of his chair, and he flung his arms around me. He said, I'm glad you're okay. Let's go look at the car. Your heavenly father wants to do the same thing to you today. You may have a speech for God ready to go, but he wants to just love you. He wants to just embrace you right where you're at. We say this all the time here at Hallelujah, and we mean it. It's not just a phrase. We are not a club for righteous people. We are a hospital for sinners. We are a broken people. No perfect people are allowed at Alleluia. Amen? We are only made perfect by the love and grace and hope that is ours through faith in Christ Jesus. And that's our hope. That's our embracing hope today. Come and feel the love of God today. Let it envelope you and enjoy this gift of hope. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the parable uh, your son Jesus taught us. We can so find ourselves in that parable in a, in a lot of places, God. We, we sometimes have been the youngest son. We, we've, we've drifted from you or we've, we've got our priorities wrong or we... We find ourselves at the end of our rope. And Lord, may we return to you and come running back to you and, and, and just be enveloped by your hope and your grace today. Lord, sometimes in this parable, we're the oldest son. As believers, we look at other people and we say, how, oh, really? Not that person. They're not welcome here. They're not, they're not, they can't be a part of this, this, this community, this family. Lord, stir our hearts to never be that one. Let us be a community of faith that welcomes all, that embraces everyone right where they're at, that comes to know your, your hope and your embracing love whenever, whenever we feel disconnected from you. Lord, I pray there's someone here today who's going to find a new church family right here, right now. I pray these things boldly in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen.